Hello, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising as One podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our partners, the Beautiful Game Network. You can see their stuff at bgn.fm. And Firebird Rising. You can find their stuff at firebirdrising.corair.com. And we'd also like to thank our new sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. And now, let's get on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Rising is One podcast. This is Dominic Kearns here with both hosts today. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing today, Dominic? I mean, I'm in good spirits. Uh, Jeff, back after a week off. How was that and how are you doing now? Uh, nice week off. Uh, enjoyed some time with some friends and uh, great opportunity for that. But, you know, got a chance to see uh, two pretty good games this week against some some top mls quality talent and uh ready to uh start talking about that then let's get right to it uh the first match of the week wednesday february 14th a valentine's day match against colorado rapids tim howard was in the house he actually started and played the full 90 minutes and this was a very uh a very evenly contested match for the majority of it a pretty pretty strong lineup for Colorado Rapids. It was rainy all day long, so kind of ironic that Phoenix of all places would be raining on Valentine's Day. Looked like that might have impacted the attendance a little bit, but the people that there were still loud. So let's get into that game briefly. Yeah, you know it was a good lineup that that Phoenix put out to get you know against a good Colorado side, and obviously Colorado's got a lot to play for as well that you know when you think about it they've got to start champions league play uh in the next couple of weeks so for them to put out this strong of a lineup you know just right before before those matches come uh it was great to see you know great to see tim howard back here again uh you know playing in phoenix obviously the last time we saw tim howard here in phoenix you know was playing for the u.s in the gold cup uh, back in uh, 2016, which was which was great to see as well. Uh, you know, Colorado came out firing. You know, you can tell Phoenix Rising is still sitting in in a preseason mode, trying to learn each other and trying to learn everybody's tendencies and everything. But I thought, you know, one of the key players of the game again Wednesday night was Billy Forbes. You know, Billy Forbes using his speed uh, definitely is going to be one of those big factors when you look at the season ahead. I mean, we talked last year about the speed this club had. I think this club has even more speed now as we move into 2018 when you've added a Billy Forbes, when you've added a Luca Ricci, when you've added, you know, full-time now a Solomon Asante and a Gladstone Waco. I mean, this, is, this lineup is just going to definitely be one of those that I don't think any USL team is going to want to face um, 
and you know another another great addition is Devin Vega. I mean, we didn't see Devin as much on on Wednesday as we saw him on Saturday, but and we'll talk we'll talk about Devin a little bit as well later. <clears throat> but you know, I think we're starting to see what we've expected to see from this club, and that's going to be goals, 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 and speed, speed, speed. Um, we hung with Colorado for 70 minutes. You know, unfortunately, you know, it was a goal uh, from Dominic Baji in the 75th that broke through, and then uh, former Sacramento Republic player Tommy Smith scored five minutes later in the 80th to give Colorado the 2 nothing win. But like we've like we've said all, <coughs> excuse me, like we said all along, you know, it's not necessarily about results. It's about seeing these guys play together. And you know, I don't know about you guys, and if you got the chance to see the match on Wednesday, but I still think that even though that you lose two nothing to Colorado, I still thought we saw a lot of good play out of Phoenix Rising. I agree. It was a Jeff. decent performance. Oh, go on, Kyle. Oh, I was just gonna say I agree. I I don't think. I don't think we saw as many chances for Phoenix as we would have liked to see. Um, not as many shots on goal as we saw in the New York Red Bulls match on that Saturday. But, um, I, I, I mean, we held Colorado for 75 minutes, like you said. And that, that wasn't their first opportunity they had on goal where they scored. So I, I think that we really we took a while for them to break us down. And I think together as a unit, we're definitely starting to see some cohesiveness and ability to defend not so much crosses, but more uh, passing in our midfield. I've seen that's been an improvement. I think the past couple games. Yeah, a couple of guys made a good name for themselves. I mean, Billy Forbes comes to mind, just racing up the left wing. Uh, you know, really making uh, the Rapids defender Jack Price uh, look pretty bad at times in that match. Um, Carl Wazinski did very well in goal in that match. Uh, made a couple nice saves to keep the score nil as long as it was. But, you know, the Colorado Rapids' strength and size pays off with two cross goals. And, you know, we saw another goal come off a cross on Saturday. That's now four goals off of crosses in three preseason matches. And I know that we haven't seen the, you know, first team starting center back pairing too much. A lot of guys are shuffling in and out. But it is something that you think they have to work on it at training camp, right? Yeah, I mean, this is this is the time when you want to work out and, you know, figure out your weaknesses and improve upon them. Because, you know, if, if we take this into the regular season and it continues to be a something that plagues us, it could, it could be where we could lose some points late in matches off of corners, you know, and that's not something you want to have to worry about, so. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you guys there. I mean... Like you said, we haven't seen. I mean, we we've seen what we think will be, you know, the starting center backs in Joe Farrell and Duigi Mala a couple of times, just playing forty five minutes, and they've looked fairly strong together as as, as a, a unit. But I don't think we, you know, I think we need to see them more in a maybe a sixty seventy minute role now at this point to kind of start seeing where where those those. Uh, you know, tendencies are going to be and if you know we feel like we're going to need to pick up somebody else that may need to be that 15 20 minute guy that that clears balls and and stuff like that towards the end of the match i think you know we're going to have to wait and see if that's something that patrice carter may need to look at in the next couple of weeks 
Yes, and uh, one other thing of note in this match, 85th minute, the game seemingly out of hand now. It's 2-0 for Colorado Rapids, and the aforementioned Jack Price goes two, two, two feet up, studs up into Alessandro Rigi, only gets a yellow card, which is ridiculous, and you know, thankfully Rigi doesn't suffer a huge injury, but there's no place in the game for this especially during preseason it's not really a close game anymore it's 2-0 everyone's just trying to see this one out I mean if you've been beaten a couple times that's tough I mean Duigi Mala put a good move on him in the game earlier but no excuse for going in like that I mean did you guys see that one yeah I did see that one and I agree with you completely I mean that was just really uncalled for and you could even see at the end of the match people were still you know players were still a little bit frustrated about that play and and you know, I agree. This is the preseason. I understand you're trying to get your fitness level up to, to get ready to, to play some big games in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, there's no call for that whatsoever going in two-footed like he did. Yeah, I mean, especially it wasn't like Rigi was in a dangerous position. You know, it was near midfield. There there was just no there was no reasoning behind that in my eyes. Yeah, but thankfully... Rigi is all right. It's not an injury like last season where he might have to miss some time. So, And we saw him back out there on Saturday. So let's get to Saturday's match against Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, Saturday's match, uh, Sporting Kansas City, uh, a great start by the boys. And, and like, we, like I said earlier, one of, the, one of the big key players, Devin Vega, gets things started right off the front foot with a great through ball to Kevon Frader. Uh, Freighter gets behind the Kansas City defense and, and throws them past Tim Malia. And, you know, five minutes into the match, it's an early one nothing lead for, for Phoenix Rising. Great to see them get on the front foot early. How many times in, you know, in 2017 did we always say that these guys needed to start games on the front foot? You know, and here we go. We got, we got on the front foot early. Nice to see that. Unfortunately, about 12 minutes later, um, you saw – uh, Ely Sanchez, you know, even it up at 1-1. And then in the 30th minute, you saw Daniel Shallowy, uh make it 2-1 for Sporting Kansas City. Uh, a little bit of sloppy defense there on the second goal. I mean, the first goal was a pretty good one, you know, by Sanchez. Um, but like you said, you know, another goal given up on, you know, on a cross, which is not necessarily good to see from these guys um one thing that i think both you would agree on and, and back me up on this i'm a little concerned on the size on the back end granted we've got duigi mala's got some got some size to him Farrell's okay and then, you know, you're talking your backs of, you know, your other backs of Amadou D and Cody Wakasa or Victor Vasquez or even Mike DeBose, who they just recently signed. I'm a little concerned for the size on the back end. What do you guys think? I I, I kind of see what you're saying there. Um, I mean, especially with, I think with Dia and Vasquez, I think they're, you know, a little bit on the shorter end for a, a right and left back position. Um I, I wonder, yeah, if if we're going to be looking to find someone taller, or maybe maybe we have um, somebody who 
who can fit in back there. Maybe Kevon Lambert drops back there at some point, you know, when we need someone who's got a little bit more height. Um, one thing that, that I was kind of thinking, we didn't see DeFonte get to as many headed balls as I would have liked to see. So I kind of wonder if he's going to end up being more of a uh, second second string center back and we'll see Mala and Farrell predominantly to start off most matches. Well, I think that's the way it's got to start because Mala and Farrell are the two guys with a little bit more size. We were very spoiled last year having you know, Jordan Stewart, Peter Ramage, and then Mala at the end of the season able to come off the bench. I mean, we don't have that kind of luxury anymore. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you can't play forever. And for Stewart and Ramage, the time came to hang it up. So yeah. we appreciated what they did. But uh, it does create a little bit of a, a an interesting situation. I think we won't see it be as, as exposed against USL competition. I mean, Carteron made a good point in the post-match on Saturday. Any mistake you make is going to result in a goal. When you're going up against the MLS opposition and certainly against a team like Sporting Kansas City, who's a good MLS side. Um, you know, what was a little more frustrating for me was actually the first goal because there was a sequence there where we just had a couple balls we could have gotten out of that area, and we gave it away. I don't recall who gave it away uh, to Sanchez to set that goal up, but it was a pretty get bad way that allowed him to kind of streak up the left side and put the ball in. Um yeah, I mean, there's still room for improvement, but we're still a month out from the opening kick, too. I think that's something that everyone has to keep in mind before they go bashing the team for giving up, you know, at least two goals in each match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, I think, and I think as well, you know, what we saw in the second half, you know, we saw a little bit more pressing from Phoenix, from Phoenix Rising. You know, it was good to see. Uh, great to see, you know, Didier Drogba get a couple of good solid attempts in the second half, and you had that half volley uh, around the you know 65th 70th minute, which just missed right over the top. Uh, he had that free kick right towards the end of the match where it it just dove you know it just dove to the left of the net uh, and just missed it a little wide. So you can obviously see he's starting to find his form a little bit, just off on a couple of things. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Good to see Jason Johnson. Get a get a good forty five minute run, but he made some good runs down the uh, down the right hand side, uh, you know, with Billy Forbes on the left. You know, I thought that was an interesting pairing to see the two of them together, um, run, running the running the sides. And boy, could that be interesting if you had that and you put Drogba up top. I mean, that could that could be scary. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, you saw Devin Vega have a good run in the first half. I thought Colin Fernandez played a fairly decent game in the second half. As well, I, I really liked the play that, that he had um, doing that. So, you know, there's there's definitely promise out there. I really do believe that. Yeah, and what's, what's fascinating for me is we've talked about who is going to be the leading goal scorer for this team and what's the formation going to look like. Well, when Kavon Prater plays, he looks like a true number nine. He looks like the guy up top. They'll try to play long balls for him. They'll try to play through balls for him, which is how we got the first goal. Devin Vega playing a nice through ball. Then in the second half, you're starting to see uh, Billy Forbes on the left side. He's a fixture out there. 
Didier Drogba playing a little bit further back than we were used to last year. And Jason Johnson looking like a right wing player. So I think Kavon Freider, if he's starting, and how can you not start him if he keeps this form up? I think he's going to be the number nine for our team this year. Cortez has the number, but, you know, from a functional standpoint, I think he's going to operate like that central striker when he starts. I mean, what what do you guys think, though? Do you think they mix it up sometimes? It's just kind of interesting. I wasn't necessarily expecting that. Well, I mean, if if he keeps scoring goals, I don't see how we can justify not you know, not having him in that in that kind of position. Um, but I wonder if this is going to be kind of Carterone using his tactics, you know, and maybe against certain teams, yeah, we'll have a number nine up top. And then maybe maybe in other games he'll want to go with a different kind of front line. So I, I wonder if this will be something that we see consistently or if it'll vary from week to week. That's a good question. But I, I, I think if Freder keeps scoring, I mean, he's he's going to have to be somewhere on the field. And it seems to me no matter where where he is, he's always has a nose for goal. So I think we'll be uh, I think we'll be just fine as long as he's starting. Yeah, I totally yeah, agree. I mean, no, go for it, Jeff. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I mean, if he keeps doing the things that he's doing, it's going to be hard to keep Freighter off the field. Um, you know, I think one of the things we haven't seen yet, and we've we've heard little inklings about it. Would Phoenix Rising consider going to a three-back system? I would highly doubt it. I mean, I think it leaves you too exposed if you try to do that. Um, but, I mean, do you change it up in the midfield and go only go three in the midfield and three up top? You know, that way you would get, uh, you know, you'd get Freighter up there, you'd get Didier Drogba maybe up there, and, and, and maybe, you know, either you have a, a Forbes floating or something like that, you know, or... Does he sit back in his his what seems to be normal four two three one formation or I you know I think I would not be surprised if you know you take this coming Wednesday's game against Houston the Saturday game against whoever the fifth place team is and then you've got the week down in Ecuador I would not be surprised if you see Carteron playing maybe with a bunch of different formations to see how things would look. And, and see what comes out of that. Well, certainly the Wednesday game, because I think the Wednesday game is a closed-door match against Houston Dynamo. I'm, I'm thinking there are going to be a lot of first-team players in there. That's what someone with the team told me. But that might be a good time for experimentation without all the eyeballs on it. Yeah, I totally agree. Very true. <laughs> Any other observations from those matches that you guys have to put out there? No, I think we've pretty much talked about everything as far as those matches go. Um, yeah, maybe maybe one last thought is just um, I noticed Drogba he's he's still just class on like a set piece kind of situation, or you know if he has the ball up in the air for a volley that kind of thing. He does look a step slower. I wouldn't be too concerned about it yet because it's preseason. But, you know, it's just starting to look a little bit like Bravo last year. And I hope that that's not a thing when the season gets started. Please prove me wrong. Uh, I think he he will prove you wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I I think history shows that he'll, uh, when the season starts, I think he'll be ready. I, 
I think so too. I just I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, uh, had a chance to interview Patrice Carterone in the uh, post game from Saturday's match against Sporting Kansas City, and here's his comments after the match. You've had three full games now to see these guys play. What kind of effort have you seen out of the boys so far in these three matches? Oh, we it's getting better step, step by step. We and good result also, even if uh, we lost those three games. But uh, fantastic for us to, to be able to play against the MLS team. We are improving uh, game after game. We can uh, also uh, we still have one month before the first game, so have to pay attention physically that the, the player. Uh, already in one month and not uh, not in few days but uh, anyway it's a good exercise for us to play against those team we are we are suffering but also we can see all the all the qualities we have and also all the the thing we have to to improve you've had a chance now to see all three goaltenders play so far have you started to kind of lean in one direction as to which way you want to go or do you still need to see a little bit more out of these guys yet no right now um, Right now, but I still need to uh, some uh, some more weeks, some more days to to know exactly better about uh, our potential this season. Step by step, you know, uh, every day of the training and after this game, I, I know more about all the players. Right now, we we are still thinking about one or two players who will join us in a few days. But uh, right now, I'm uh, I'm happy. We are working well, and uh, it's a good, uh, it's very good for us to see against those MLS team any mistake you do. Uh, they score, so it's perfect. It will help us to, to progress a lot. You've seen a little bit from Devin Vega and Kevon Prater. They've linked up for both goals in preseason. What are your thoughts on those two new signings? Uh, two of them are young, have a big uh, big potential. You know, Kevon, uh, step by step, is uh, learning to work hard at the training, what he was not used to. And Devin uh, has a big potential, but. Uh, like you see in first half, he must also know that sometimes you mustn't lose ball uh, in our defensive part. But anyway, two of them have a big, uh, big potential and will uh, will progress very, very quickly. Obviously, you have one more game against an MLS club down in Tucson, then you yep. head over to Ecuador for the for the trip over there. Yeah. Is this going to be a big period of time here within the next seven to ten, even fourteen days, to where you start really shaping your lineup? We're going to work more specifically uh, tactically this week. You know the. The first week, the more important is always the physical aspect. The second week, uh, we're gonna start to work really, really hard tactically because we we did some uh, big mistake again today. So we're gonna work hard tactically, and uh, of course, uh, before before the start of the season, we're gonna start uh, we're gonna work a lot of uh, speed because our players are running a lot, but not uh, are not speeding us right now. He did well, he did well, you know, he came with us uh, last week, uh, last uh, year, I mean, was doing uh, great at the training and we were happy uh, to have him back. Step by step, he's he's progressing, of course, he needs to learn a lot, but uh, he did well, you know, Uh, not easy because it's a start for us, the intensity is high, he needs to keep on working to be ready in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Thanks, coach. And there's the comments of Patrice Carterone following the Sporting Kansas City match. A couple of things to take away from those comments. First of all, you heard him say right at, right in the first question, he's not done looking for people. Don't be surprised this week if you see another signing coming somewhere. He did mention that, that he's still looking for a player or two. Like we said, guys, 
don't be surprised if that's a if that's a defender signing that we've been that we've been talking about and maybe looking for. I would not be surprised to see that. I think the second interesting thing that you get out of the postgame comments is, you know, I asked him about the three goaltender situation. Obviously, he's not settled yet on any of these three guys. He hasn't made his mind up yet, which is quite interesting. I figured by this point, he might have somebody in mind as to who he wants to go to now that he's seen all three play in a game. He saw Dallas J Saturday. He saw Lubin play Saturday. He saw Carl Wazinski play Wednesday. And then Zach Lubin started the opener. I mean, personally, I, I still think Carl is, is the guy to, that needs to start the season just because based on experience that he has. But then again, you know, maybe he's leaning towards Lubin. We don't know. I think this week maybe things start to sort itself out. Yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see who starts this match against the Dynamo on Wednesday. And if we, if we do take a kind of experimental side into it, maybe he is going to be experimenting with the goalkeeper, but maybe he'll decide to go out there with, with Wazinski or Lubin again. Um from what I've seen, I think Carl has has great command of his box. I think he's got he's very comfortable, especially playing in Phoenix Rising Soccer Complex. I think he's comfortable there, and he's he's got great um, relationship with his teammates and the fans. But I also think Lubin has shown a lot of promise in the two games that he has played. I really have liked what I've seen from him communicating with his back line and even his midfielders at times. Um, Dallas J, I didn't get to see as much from him, even just because he was on the far end of the field yesterday in the match. But I still think he made some good saves in uh, the first 45 that he played. But yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards Wazinski as our starter for the season with you, Jeff. Yeah, I really can't see it being Dallas J um, because he only got one half. And, you know, I don't necessarily think the goals were his fault, but. Maybe maybe a Lubin or a Wazinski can make one of those saves. Um, kind of just a tough spot. That's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. That it is. That it is. Well, let's hop into some team news uh, here at this point. Uh, obviously, the, the biggest news coming out this week were the two signings. Uh, signing Devin DeBose and signing uh, local product Evan Waldrop to, to contracts for the season. Uh Obviously, I think the Waldrop one stands out a little bit more just because he's making the jump, you know, a year early from college into the pro game. Um, you know, an interesting decision, but, you know, as you'll hear in, in the interview in just a moment, it was a decision that he's very comfortable with. He's very at peace with and very happy with. Um, you know, I, I think both of these guys are going to be great signings. I would not be surprised if. If at some point, even though Waldrop is signed for Phoenix Rising, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if you may see him down in FC Tucson as well, getting a lot of quality minutes. That would not surprise me. But, you know, you never know. I mean, obviously, Carterone has seen something in him to sign him to a contract, you know, at, at his age. So something has impressed him, and that's great to see. So, you know, let, let's, you know, let's see what happens in the next few weeks and see where it goes. But, you know, your guys' thoughts on the two signings this week. Well, I, I don't know too much about DeBose. Um, I think we know a little bit more about Waldrop because he played at 
GCU, that's Grand Canyon University for those not in the Valley, uh, and has been a Arizona native. And Kyle actually has a little bit more background on Waldrop. Um, what I saw from him on Saturday, I mean, he plays hard. I was kind of surprised at how far he pressed up at times. He just looked a little overmatched at times. And that's very understandable going up against a good MLS side. And this is a guy that was playing college ball recently. So very understandable. But, I mean, there is promise there. And I think he could fill in for some of our our matches, maybe get a spot start here and there. Um, and Kyle, did you want to add something? I mean, you called yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I kind of think that... Uh... I mean, they definitely saw something from him playing. He played down in FC Tucson, I know, um, a couple years ago, and as as did Debose. And um, I think that he he's shown. I mean, he he did hold his own against some sporty KC players. I don't think he wasn't someone who really caught your eye yesterday. But he also, I didn't see any glaring mistakes from him. You know, I didn't see anything that I said, oh, he should have had that. You know, so I think. He's one of those players that maybe he's not the most noticeable when he's on the field, but he's also not one that you're taking notice of for doing something wrong. Um, but we've also touched on it. I mean, he's young. You know, he's still a young kid. He's, like you said, he was playing for GCU last season. Um, but I think he'll be one of those depth players this year. He might not, you know, be starting consistently but i think the open cup and maybe matches where we have a midweek or weeks where we have a midweek match maybe he'll slot into our to our midfield um i mean like you guys said carter obviously seen something that's impressed him so uh we'll kind of see where what happens and hopefully he'll uh he'll get out there on the field soon yep hopefully hopefully he will well, we had a chance to talk to Evan Waldrop after the game Saturday against Sporting Kansas City, and here's some of the comments he had to say about uh, getting his first start in a Phoenix Rising uniform. Get your first opportunity to start for this club. Uh, talk about the, the chance to get that. Uh, it's an incredible feeling um, growing up from Phoenix and being able to play with a team that's in my hometown. Uh, it's a dream come true. And especially finding getting a start against an MLS team where Last semester, I was playing college soccer and transitioning from college soccer to Phoenix Rising and playing against MLS team was a huge transition. So uh, it's going to take me a lot of time to adjust that because play is a lot quicker and it's uh, still a really good feeling playing 45 minutes against the MLS team and getting my first start. So I'm excited for the future with Phoenix Rising. You talk about being grown up from here. Could you have ever imagined in your wildest dreams a few years ago the possibility of even playing for a hometown club like this? Not, not at all. Um, my freshman year of college summer, uh, I trained with Arizona United at the time. And we were still playing at a baseball field, and it was nothing compared to this. And seeing how much uh, soccer in Arizona has grown over the past couple of years, especially the transition with Arizona United to Phoenix Rising, uh, just the last year made me realize I possibly want to play for my hometown city. And, after thinking about it the last few weeks or so, I decided that this was best for my soccer career right now, making that transition. So it's crazy to see how much soccer has developed here, and I'm excited to see how much it can keep growing. You talk about going from college to, to being out on a field starting against an MLS quality club. How, how do you how do you process all that in such a short period of time? Uh, I mean, the last few weeks adjusting, and uh, especially last week signing with Phoenix Rising, knowing that I'm considered a professional soccer player now, I 
some of these players you see on TV and you look up to them and they play on the national team, but once you're on the field, they're just another competitor and you're with them too. So uh, at first, I was a little nervous, like of course everyone would be, but once the whistle blows, it's just another another soccer game. You have the opportunity to learn from some of the greats of the game. You know, you've got Didier Drogba around here. You've got Chris Cortez, who's been around here for a while. You've got other players who've been around here. What do you take from those type of players, knowing how young you are, and learning from them and what you can take and transition that out onto the field? Well, especially for my rookie season right now, I'm trying to just get as much advice as possible. They've been in the leagues, and Drogba's been one of the best in the world over his career. And uh, every little thing they say, I always, I don't even ask questions or anything. I just accept it and listen to them because. I'm a rookie and I. This is my first year, so uh, I just try to get as much advice as possible and try to listen as much as possible. And just keep my head down and work hard. And if you could use one word to describe uh, today or the past week, what, what would you use? Uh, one word. Describe the past week. Um, I'd say change. A lot of change within the last week, going from not knowing a few weeks ago where I was going to be uh, to now knowing that I'm with Phoenix Rising. A lot of change and a lot of adjustments in my life right now, so um, change for the better, and I'm excited for, for it, for sure. And there's the comments of Evan Waldrop. Uh, great, great kid to listen to, obviously, uh, you know, very, like I said, you know, when you listen to the interview, very at peace with his decision, very happy with his decision. Uh, like I said, you never thought, never think as a kid, growing up in Phoenix five or six years ago that you would have ever had the opportunity to be able to play for your own hometown team. And, and he's just soaking up the opportunity to be able to do that and love, love the opportunity to do that. So, you know, great, great to see that for a local homegrown kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's really cool, you know, that we can finally kind of see the uh, development of soccer here in Arizona and how, yeah, now there is a, a pro team that they can actually aspire to, to reach. So that's really cool. Could be interesting to see if more GCU players end up making a name for themselves locally and get on to Phoenix Rising. That's the only team in the state that has a men's soccer Division One program. So, yep, yep, you are right there. So let's get into some uh, some league news uh, this past week. Uh, I think one of the interesting uh, signings of the week, uh, Swope Park Rangers goes and picks up former Arizona United slash Phoenix Rising and uh, former Sacramento Republic player Tyler Blackwood. Uh, definitely an interesting signing for Swope, but, you know, they found a, a diamond in the rough last year when they signed Carlton Belmar to a contract. And, and look at where it got Carlton now. He's got a first-team contract with Sporting KC. So, you know, maybe they saw something in Tyler that, that hopefully, you know, will will grow into something bigger for him. But, you know, obviously, you know, Tyler did a lot of great things here. Uh, did a lot of good things in Sacramento last year. So, uh, you know, I think Swope make a, made a really good move there by signing Tyler Blackwood. Totally. I think he's going to be a solid addition to their uh, their front line in, in Swope. Um, I'll be interested to see where he kind of fills into that team. You know, is he going to be taking over for Carlton Belmar possibly, be a direct replacement? You know, I could, I could see him starting. He started quite a bit in Sacramento, and I think he's a quality player. So hopefully he'll be uh, getting some consistent game time. I have no doubt he will. I mean, he's proven you know, with us and in Sacramento that he can take on that starting kind of responsibility, put some goals in when he has to. So it makes them a better team, and it's uh, 
Hopefully he doesn't show it off when he plays against Phoenix Rising. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Hopefully he has a quiet day. <laughs> yeah, this, this is very true. Um, a lot of USL teams got some play this week against uh, some some MLS-quality uh, opponents. Uh, Dominic, I'll start with you first. Uh, anything that kind of caught your eye uh, as to results of what you saw out there this past week? Yeah, I think the one thing that, you know, at least a lot of people out West are focusing on is what is Las Vegas Lights going to look like? Are they going to be able to compete because they're an expansion side? And they went up against a largely first-team Vancouver Whitecaps lineup. They had Kay Kamara in the lineup. They had, um, I need to go back and see a couple of their other players, uh, but they had some solid first-team guys in the lineup. And, you know, Vancouver goes up 2-0. You're thinking, oh, this is going to be a blowout. Las Vegas, that's another red card in their second match. So they're down to 10 men. But they score two goals after being down to 10 men through Juan Jose Calderon, uh, a guy with some Liga MX experience for Monarcas. Um, scores both these goals, but then Vancouver Whitecaps get the win. 3-2, Kek Kamara gets the winning penalty. Um, they're looking like they can compete. I mean, both matches they played, you know, they were tied at a pretty late stage in the match against an MLS side. That's a pretty encouraging sign for them. Um, I mean, and we're still a month away. Will they do it during the USL season? Who knows? Um, but it's it's got to be a little bit encouraging for Las Vegas and their fans. A couple other interesting ones. New England Revolution goes up 3-1 on San Antonio FC and then San Antonio ties it in the second half another guy with Mexican experience Ever Guzman uh, a new signing for them he gets the two goals to even this one up and that's where it finishes 3-3 and I think that was a decent side from New England Revs I'm not sure how many first team guys they had but that was just um, yesterday Saturday the 17th down in Tucson so um, pretty encouraging result for San Antonio there. Charleston Battery, they just signed a South Korean international player this week. Um, and I think they beat Minnesota United. I don't know if that guy was able to make his debut in that match. But that's a big win, the Charleston Battery. That's in the Carolina Challenge Cup. So a good look there. I mean, granted, Minnesota United, not a great MLS side, but... Still, anytime a USL side can get a win, that's a nice thing to see. Um, one other team did get a win over MLS side. Uh, Reno 1868 wins 1-0 over Seattle Sounders, although I think there's a bit of an asterisk there because Seattle Sounders split their squad up. They had one match at Sacramento Republic and another match uh, with Reno, so... I think, Jeff, you were saying that the second string guys were the guys that were playing against Reno, and the Sounders did beat Sacramento Republic 3-1. Yeah, so. yeah, it was mostly a B squad that, that, that Seattle had sent to Reno. Because so, mostly, you know, most of the guys, you know, Clint Dempsey and, and some of the other bigger names of, of Seattle were, were in Sacramento for that match. So, you know, it, it is what it is, you know, you know. But a good win for Reno, you know. That, you know, I'm sure they'll they'll be able to build off of that as they go forward. So, and and one last match, 
Um, Fresno FC, their first match in the preseason. They play LA Galaxy uh, up in Fresno. They score the first goal of the match. Renato Bustamante opens up the scoring for them. Um, actually, they played this in Santa Barbara, so kind of a neutral site for those teams. Um, but the Galaxy, they had a pretty good lineup out, and they ended up winning this one 3-1. to one. Um, Sebastian Leggett, uh, he has some U.S. international experience. He scored a goal to tie that match, and they ended up scoring two more goals in the second half. Some guys that we could actually see for Los Dos uh, were involved in those goals. Uh, Chris Pontius for the Galaxy scored in the second half. And uh, Tomas Hilliard Arce, a former PDL guy. So we could see those guys later in the season for Los Dos. Um, you know, Fresno was playing a pretty strong lineup. They had uh, Juan Pablo Caffa in there. He almost scored a goal. So kind of a fun one to see, getting their first goal and uh, putting a decent performance out against a USL side. I mean, I'm just curious how both those sides are going to do. I think out east it would be Nashville that everyone's curious about, but definitely I'm tracking those expansion sides, seeing how they're doing. Yeah, that's that's definitely true there. Uh, so this week we... Uh... We did not get any supporters group questions. Uh, you know, feel free and tweet us uh, anytime when you guys have any comments, questions. You know, at Rising Pod uh, to uh, to to get any comments in on the show. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys and love to hear any questions that you guys have. Um, one more thing before we get into the big interview of the week, uh, uh, Dominic, you had a chance to uh, after the game on Saturday talk to. Uh, one of the uh, great Jamaican products, uh, Kevon Freighter. Yeah, it was, it was nice. I mean, I think after the match, a lot of guys just want to, uh, you know, shower up, get out of there. But thankfully, Kevon was able to give me a few minutes of his time, and I wanted to ask him some questions that are a little bit different than just the standard press conference fair, you know. How is it feeling going with the guys, all that stuff. So I tried to loosen things up a little bit. Asked him a couple questions about, you know, what was it like uh, growing up in Jamaica? He has a fun answer for that one. Um, a couple questions about what's his relationship with other guys on the club? What drew him to Phoenix? Um, any fun shenanigans that go on during the preseason? And I think you'll enjoy some of his responses to those questions. So it should be fun. All right, this is Dominic here with Kavon Freider of Phoenix Rising. Kavon, how are you doing this Saturday? Feeling good. I'm a little disappointed about the loss, but I mean, it's preseason, so we just continue. But two goals now in three games this preseason. Are you linking up well with the new guys? It's great in training, you know, to see that um, the work that we've been putting into the training ground is going great. So, I mean, there's only good, great things to look forward to. How different is Phoenix than Colorado Springs last year? Just a different environment. It's the same goal and um, with a lot more um, better better players, I'd say, and more, what would I say, goal-driven kind of guys. And uh, what attracted you to Phoenix? What attracted you to play with these guys? 
It's just a wonderful opportunity to be here with a lot of guys. I mean, um, everybody has things that they take forward in their step to be a better player. So I think this was the best decision for me for coming. Do you have a special relationship with the two Jamaican teammates? <laughs> it's nothing really different, I mean, but um, we're really great in the locker room and we get along well with everybody, so um, there's only good things to look forward to. What was it like uh, growing up there, growing up in that system? How is it a little bit different or the same? Uh, you get your, you get, you get um, your mom. She has the, she has the ability to kick your X Y Z. <laughs> so I mean, you can't really mess up. You just gotta stay focused and um, and be disciplined and polite. You've seen a lot of Jamaican players come to the USL in recent seasons. Not even on Phoenix Rising, Dane Kelly comes to mind. Why do you think so many of these players are coming to USL? Just just to get the exposure and um, just to get some playing time and, you know, just to expose themselves to, like, a different side of football, soccer-wise related. So I think that's a big influence. Do you see yourself potentially making it back on the Jamaican national team at some point? I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a roster selection, so anything can happen at any moment. Anything fun that the fans should know about you, this being your first year, first few weeks here? <laughs> I'm a very happy person. I like to smile. If I'm not smiling, just cheer me on. I'll be a happy person. With these goals, you got to be thinking of some goal celebrations, right? Any come to mind? Uh, a lot. We're just waiting on the season to start. Trust me, there's a lot. Just look forward to it. So just keeping them under wraps for now. <laughs> yeah, just for, just for preseason. We can't do everything right now. So in the preseason, you guys have these head tennis matches. Yeah. Who are your favorite teammates for those? Oh, it's a Jamaican against the, the, um, the Ivory Coast, you know. There's one guy from Ivory Coast. We all wanna, we all wanna be him. He's crazy. Didier is crazy. Yeah. He's Heard crazy. some stories. Any stories you can tell us? <laughs> Not right now. That's where the training going. <laughs> <laughs> Respect that. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Man. And that was the interview with uh, Kavon Freider. Uh, you gotta love that he is excited to be here. You gotta love his enthusiasm. Uh, he says he's always a happy guy, so just cheer him up if he's ever feeling down. Um, I mean, how can you not be uh, happy when you're around him? He just has an infectious personality, an infectious smile, and uh, I'm sure we'll be getting a lot of good moments out of him. Uh, also love that he's going to be working on some goal celebrations for the season. He says he's just keeping them under wraps for now. Uh, I mean, what do you guys want to see? Once the season gets going. Oh, what would I like to see? Um, geez, that's a tough one. I don't know. I mean, something, it'd be cool if he did something with the other Jamaicans, you know, if they had maybe some sort of kind of dance or something that they could come up with, the three of them. Um, what Jamaican bobsled team? Yeah, that <laughs> would be cool too. Yeah, getting the bobsled and <laughs> head on to the Winter Olympics. That'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I just I think his personality is going to be a great one to have in the locker room. You know, I think he's really going to kind of liven it up and give a give a little more flavor to the Phoenix Rising locker room. So that should be fun. I think it'll definitely make it interesting. You you know you'll have you'll have the Jamaicans with each other. You know you'll have you'll have the uh, the, the, the Ghanians with each other, you know, I, I can see all the fun matches, 
you know, the little side matches going on and practices and stuff like that. And then, of course, you got to get Drogba and, and, and whoever wants to be on his side. <clears throat> I mean, we saw the Instagram post this week with Drogba and, and his boys winning the winning the head tennis match and, and, and dropping what he calls the cup which ended up being the, the water cooler behind him after winning. So I thought that was, I thought that was funny to see from his Instagram this week. So it's awesome sure to see that kind of team bonding. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure we're going to get a lot more of it. Um, really excited to, you know, hear the comment where he sees Phoenix as a team of more goal oriented players. Um, I mean, Wow, that's rough if yeah. you're a Colorado Rapids uh, or a Colorado Springs fan, but uh, he he's a straight shooter. So yeah, that that he that he is he's he's definitely one of them. So well, we come to the final part of our show where uh, I had the opportunity Saturday after the Sporting Kansas City match to to sit down with co-owners Tim Reister and Brett Johnson to talk about a lot of the things that. Uh, have materialized over the past couple of weeks with this club. Uh, we, <coughs> we talked about, uh, you know, the, the club uh, joining forces with Alex Zung, uh, you know, to, to have him join the ownership group. Uh, we talked about what a lot of you will find out this week will be uh, uh, some big news uh, concerning the club. Um, I'll leave it at that and... You know, here was my interview after the match Saturday with uh, Brett Johnson and Tim Reister. This is Jeff Wendt with the Rising Is One podcast. I'm here with co-owners Brett Johnson and Tim Reister. Uh, gentlemen, it's a pleasure to have an opportunity to sit down and talk with you for a couple of minutes. Um, obviously, big news with the events of the, the past week, week and a half. Uh, first of all, Tim, let's let's talk about uh, Alex Zing talk, uh, joining the ownership group. I mean, talk about what he brings to this club and where it's going to help, especially bolstering the MLS bid. Well, we couldn't be happier to have a partner like Alex Tsung uh, joining our group. His last name is spelled Z-H-E-N-G, but for our fans all to know, he actually pronounce his name Tsung instead of Zeng, which he had to teach me. So we, uh, we're so excited to have him and his family here. Um, some of the fans might have seen today at, at the match uh, against Sporting KC, he brought in his mother and his sister and his brother-in-law and cousins. And um, so not only do we have Alex's support, but we have the support from his entire family in China. They're just incredibly devoted to us. Um, he, he told Brett and me that he had been looking at investing in MLS for quite a long time. And he's one who believes that things just don't happen by accident, that there's, there's a divine plan and direction for how things happen in life. And, you know, his name begins with an A, and his last name begins with a Z. And so he's been signing the initials AZ, is in Arizona, for his entire life. His daughter was born here. His company has the initials ASU. And when, when it directed him to us, he said, you know, I think this may be something that's meant to be. So for us to have the majority owner of OGC Nice now uh, as a, a, a significant minority owner of our organization, we think it's going to create a pathway for coaches training, for player development, for youth from Arizona uh, rising up through soccer. I mean, now we have a pathway for kids 
who are talented soccer players in Arizona to work their way all the way up through the European leagues. And there's never been anything like that in even the MLS until this week with Bayern and, and FC Dallas. But we've already created that here the exact same week that happened in Dallas that happened here in Phoenix. Right. So we couldn't be more pleased. Brett, you and I have talked in the past about going out and finding the people necessary to, to help bolster this bid. Obviously, you found your way to Alex. Uh, talk about that process and how you built up to that. Well, it was incredibly fortuitous, as Tim just laid out, that Alex has all these connections to the city of Phoenix and, by extension, the state of Arizona. And obviously, his connection to uh, Nice, his ownership of that, um, it's exactly what we as an ownership group, if we could have scripted it, it's exactly what we were looking for. The incredible thing is that Alex sought us out, and uh, the marriage came together very quickly. And we're thrilled about it. We have, Fortunately, we have a lot of other very impressive, very strategic, uh, very compelling additional prospective investors who are indicating interest of getting behind this. So we're hitting on all cylinders. We're starting off the year in a great, great shape, both on and off the pitch. And I'm excited because in about a week, maybe sooner, we're going to release the images of our of our design, our MLS soccer-specific stadium. We've been spending a ton of time on it. I think our fans are going to really, really be blown away by it. And most importantly, Populous and Gould Evans, our architects, I am thrilled with their enthusiasm over the project. They, they, these, the two of them, especially Populous, obviously, designed all these iconic stadiums, and you can tell by their enthusiasm, they know they've got something special with the Phoenix Rising Stadium. They've designed seven MLS stadiums and over 70 soccer stadiums worldwide. So Brett led that project for us, and I don't think he could have found better partners to help build Arizona's first MLS stadium. And obviously you took what you learned in last year's supporters groups meetings, fan, season ticket fan meetings, to try to integrate some of those concepts into the stadium. And, and I think everyone will be really pleased with it. And most importantly, we're going to be creating a venue that's comfortable year-round. We obviously want to make sure that during the summer months we address the heat. We're confident we've done that. We also want to make it some a place where it's our, it's our Azteca, if you will. Um, we know that we're going to defend this place well. It'll be intimidating for other teams to come into. And uh, so I think we're going to break the seal this upcoming week on the images, we'll start working on some video associated with it and really get Populous and Gould Evans to start to explain um, how we approached it, how specifically they approached it and why we think it's going to be one of the most incredible venues, certainly in North America, if not beyond. Obviously, you're seeing around you know, the soccer world, you're seeing, you know, you're, you're waiting on Cincinnati to hear if they get a bid. You're waiting to hear on Sacramento to see if they get the bid. You're waiting to hear on Detroit. But obviously, you guys are, are envisioned for that next group wave of, of uh, expansion teams. Obviously, this you, you guys feel this kind of puts you at the forefront now for that next wave coming in in 2020. Well, the, the teams you mentioned are still ahead of us. Sacramento and Cincinnati had the opportunity to work on their MLS application years before it, it was a part of the Arizona dream. Um, it, and quite honestly, I don't think any of us really expected that we would be this close to the top of MLS's list this quickly. We expected we needed a few years to develop this team and develop the fan base. Um, and you're, you're right, Jeff. Having Alex Tsung join our ownership group solve one of the major requirements of MLS. They have a very specific financial requirement for one owner of each of the teams. And although our collective group had the financial 
requirements covered. We didn't have one person with a personal financial statement of the level they desired, and we now have that. And that's something that can take a long time to find. Um, for us, we weren't just looking for the person with the financials. It had to be a person whose personality and business experience was the right kind of fit and complement to the ownership group we have. All of us love doing this beyond what, what you can imagine. And having someone come in who just doesn't have that same passion for this as the rest of us wouldn't have been the right thing for Arizona. And Alex, I mean, we feel like he's been a brother of ours for, for decades. And, and that's what, it, it, truly for us, it, it's a blessing to have this guy uh, seek us out and end up a part of our group. Brett, you talked about in the past, obviously, getting that in line was number one and most important. Getting the stadium set up is next was next important on the list, and obviously you guys have hit on those points. Where does it go from here now at this point? You know, is it MLS officials coming to you and saying, here's what we want to see? Is it you guys continuing just to stay on the trek of where you're at right now and showing them the progress? What What are you hearing? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, we, I view our focus is in, sort of, for lack of a better expression, we're in the box checking business relative to the MLS campaign. And obviously Alex uh, checks a big box, um, an important box. Additionally, uh, we've all known that the Phoenix market speaks for itself in terms of its attributes. Now having the right ownership group uh, with the complement of Alex joining the incredible job in particular that, you know, Burke and Tim and Mark Deppmer and, and Dave Stearns and Scussell and Lieber and Young, all these guys, Brandon McCarthy, it's incredible what we have here locally. And then you take the fan support that we have, the supporters groups that we have, and then obviously we need to have a site where we can give MLS confidence that we can put a flag in the ground, put a shovel, and say this is our stadium. We've got an incredible partnership with Solana. We're working hard to make that happen. And then we need a stadium that everyone knows 24-7, 365 days is going to be a fun, comfortable, safe environment, perfect for soccer. So when I was at MLS uh, All-Star Game, we had our board meeting for USL. I got a little time with Don Garber, and what I expressed to him at that time is Phoenix intends to have every box checked. We will give MLS the option to choose us. I can't control whether they will choose us, but certainly we as an ownership group can make sure that when they come to vote this year, we'll have all those boxes checked. And to be out beyond that, I can't. we can't control. Well, one, one thing I think, and, and Jeff, the work you and Kyle have done, mm -hmm to support this team and grow a fan base and, and help inform the fan base is invaluable to us. So I, I personally want to thank you for that. And I want to tell you one of the things MLS and specifically their head of publicity came out here uh, with Mark Abbott when they did their visit last spring. And he pulled me aside and he said, Tim, we need to see more press coverage from this team and we need to see more fan engagement and, and attendance. He said, you know, you guys are going against places like Sacramento and Cincinnati where they're averaging 12,000, 15,000, 20,000 fans per match on a consistent basis. And he said, you need to show us that the bandwidth is here. He said, if we award Phoenix an MLS team and you can only put 5,000 people in a 20,000, 25,000 seat stadium, that's not what we're looking for for our TV product. So one of the things that is a requirement that we cannot control, even though all these other things we're checking, is having the fans come out and support this team. I think if everyone who's a real believer in this team can invite some friends to come experience the matches this year, you know, and this is what I've done. I, I bought a bunch of seats myself. We don't, the owners don't get free seats. We actually buy, we pay cash for our seats. 
and I bought a bunch, and I try every game to bring a couple people as my guest, and I ask them, the first one's on me. If you like what you see, please come back. At least come to a couple matches for the year. And I think if our real believer fans could start bringing some guests and ask them to come back, in a year or two, we could consistently be turning out 12,000 or more fans here, which would show MLS that they wouldn't be embarrassed if they put an MLS team in Phoenix. I mean, we've obviously seen, you know, in past years when the U.S. national team or when the Mexican national team come here, they obviously fill University of Phoenix Stadium or wherever else they decide to play. How do you try to build off of something like that success, you know, try to get that fan base that, that tends to only come to, to national team games and stuff like that? How do you draw that fan base out to here? It, it's a great question. I know Brett will have some thoughts on this. I'll answer it just purely from the media point of view. People who've been in Arizona a long time will remember other professional sports teams came here and would not televise or broadcast their games live until they sold out their stadium. We made a decision to do the opposite. All of our matches, and this is expensive for us, all of our matches are broadcast live in English and Spanish on Cox. Every home, every away game, even the last three preseason games we paid to put on Cox. We also just added iHeartRadio. They're broadcasting every home and away game live on El Patron in Spanish. That's 93.7 FM and 1230 AM. So no matter what kind of radio somebody's, they can hear us now live for all of our matches, and their 9:10, which they call the game, uh, AM, they, they carry mostly NFL broadcasts and collegiate sports. Part of our season they're going to carry in English on iHeartRadio. So we are, to answer your question, to engage fans or maybe sports enthusiasts who really don't know soccer that well yet, we're going to let them sample our product in the comfort of their car or home. And we want them to see this is pretty exciting athleticism. You know, these other sports, they don't have players out there in football. They stop, you know, they run 10, 15 yards and they stop and take a break and have a huddle. Here you have guys running 12 to 14 kilometers every game. It's a different type of athleticism that people who are into sports we think will enjoy. So our philosophy is we're going to give it to people that way and invite them, not make this whole market and say you can't see us until we sell it out. Different philosophy. Brett, do you have some... Thoughts on that, too? Yeah, you know, on my list of things that I lose sleep over, uh, our fan support and the growth of our fan support is definitely not one of them. I mean, I've been blown away with the reaction um, to this team, and I think we're just getting started. In particular, Patrice Carteron, Didier Drogba, the players that we've now recruited, that product speaks for itself. And to Tim's point, anytime anyone's been introduced to this venue, they come back. Yeah. There's a 100% correlation to it. And so we just need to keep building it, which we will. But I think what's going to be the best part of this coming season is I think we're going to have a team that's really going to do well, and that's critical for building fan support. As you know, we've had a couple couple of years where it was uh, you know middle of the table or back back latter half of the table, yeah. you know, not inspiring too much enthusiasm. And we love the support regardless, win or lose, we love it. But there's no doubt about it. This is, without a doubt, a town that responds to a winning product. And, and for sure, I feel sitting here right now, especially given the first three games against these MLS teams, I feel very good about what we're going to see coming up this season. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Look forward to talking to you in the future, uh, working on this MLS expansion project. Thanks for having Thank us. you, Jeff. Thanks a Thank lot. you, sir. And there's the interview with uh, Tim and Brett. Um, obviously, guys, the, the big news coming out of this um, – we expect sometime this week to see the renderings uh, for the MLS stadium. Uh, 
they are really excited about this. They really want to get this out in front of the fans. Um, we want to, I definitely want to thank Tim for his comments, uh, you know, about, you know, what we do, not only with, uh, this podcast, but also with, uh, you know, Firebird Rising and, and, and the things that we do there. Um, please this week, you know, I know the club will send out the renderings, but we'll also have the renderings available on Firebird Rising for you guys to take a look at as well. Um, we cannot wait to see what this stadium looks like and, and guys, uh, two two great individuals to talk to and and when the renderings come out mark detmer wants to join the show as well and talk about the renderings. so you know ownership is really wanting to get the front foot forward out there about you know you know this team and and where it's heading in the near future yeah and i just got to thank both these guys um tim reister has been so involved in this process for so long i don't know how many of you guys recall but last summer they actually had uh, these focus groups through the Reister agency where people were able to go, groups of about 15 people were asked some questions, you know, given their, you know, given some uh, ideas that the team was working on, the fans were able to give feedback and they had, I think, five of these sessions over the course of two weeks. I was lucky enough to be in one of those sessions and to give fans the opportunity to have detailed input like that you just don't see too many groups and too many clubs do that. So humongous thanks to Tim Reister for that. And, you know, Brett Johnson is a fantastic person. Uh, one of the best, most personable people that you'll meet. I got to talk to him in last year's preseason before this podcast even got off the ground at all. Uh, back when I was just a fan. And even back then, he treated me with so much respect. And he really is one of those guys that... I mean, just a class act all the way around. Totally. I think I think our ownership group has really shown through their engagement with, you know, the fans and even the podcast that they really do care. You know, they want to connect with, with everyone and make us all feel like we're a part of the club. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's cool that, like you said, that they kind of wanted to get the supporters groups and the fans perspective on what the stadium should be like what we would like to see and i think i think that'll be reflected in these renderings that are coming out so yeah i'm very very excited to see what what we're uh what we're gonna have you know and the other great thing too is guys it's it's ownership coming to us and wanting to get this information out it's not us going to them and saying hey we'd like to talk to you they were the ones that approached us and wanted to wanted to be on the podcast and we love that we love to see the owner you know it's just like last year david rapaport approached me and wanted to be on the show wanted to come on and talk and and you know one of our best pod episodes we've ever had was was, was our interview with him um but just to see the ownership group reaching out and wanting to get the information out i mean you can't ask for anything better from an ownership group than that i mean you know we, we love working with them we love partnering with them when we can you know, a, a great collaborative effort, you know, put together by, by everybody involved, not just us here at, at the Rising is One podcast, but also with us at, you know, Firebird Rising as well. Totally agree. Totally agree with you, Jeff. Yeah, it's a it's a team effort, but, you know, the ownership group and especially Reister and Brett Johnson, they have been some of the biggest, most important members of uh this whole process and 
making us a very viable MLS contender. Mm-hmm. Is that going to do it for this week, or do we have some final thoughts before we before we sign off? Well, I, I, a final thought, you know, I, I guess, you know, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, obviously a big week for Phoenix Rising, not only on the field, but off the field as well. I mean, you know, we'll get at some point this week that we'll see the official renderings of the stadium and, and we'll talk about, you know, how they plan to climate control it, which is obviously the big thing that everybody was worried about. And you heard that in the interview with Tim and Brett that, that, that that's been taken care of. Um, obviously on the field this week, a big deal with, you know, games against Houston and then against a, a fifth place opponent from, from the Mobile Mini Sun Cup. You know, we talked about it earlier. I think this is the this is one of the key weeks that Phoenix rising has to look forward to, you know, starting to really gel the lineup together, you know, we'll kind of see where this team heads from there. Obviously after they get done with this week's games, you know, they head down to Ecuador for that, for that trip down there, you know, which will be interesting to see, Um, you know, fun times again to be a Phoenix rising fan. Yeah. I mean, just to think, I couldn't have imagined us playing uh, three MLS teams in one week and actually hosting them last season. So just to see that, you know, to see us be able to host this this preseason tournament, I think soccer in the Valley has really come a long way. I saw Sam Dore uh, tweeted, he said, over 15,000 fans took in the MLS preseason in Phoenix this week. So that's that's something that I think is really going to catch MLS's eyes. You know, if we can get, out, get the fans out here for preseason and we have our own stadium, I think we could definitely fill it up so i think we uh have nowhere to go but up yeah and i think the biggest thing is just uh you know thank you to the fans for coming out i mean these matches were happening more than four weeks before opening kickoff you know especially on wednesday playing out in the rain um on valentine's night you know big big props to the people that were able to make it none of us were able to make it for that one um but I mean, like you said, over fifteen thousand fans for three preseason matchups. I mean, I don't care who you're playing. That's those are incredible numbers because you're looking at guys like trialists coming in for large stretches of those matches, and for the fans to still support the team no matter what. Uh, what does it say about the support that this team has? Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of them down in Tucson next Saturday too. So you know. Kudos to the fans for soaking it all in. And, you know, we're not going to have any home matches for a while. So hopefully you guys were able to appreciate it. And if any of you guys are going to be down in Tucson, have fun down there. So I think that'll do for this week. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed the interviews. We will be back next Sunday, same time to record. It'll be out next Monday. And hopefully we'll have some more fun interviews for you guys at that point. But until then, go rising. Have a great week. Have a great week, everybody.
we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier for MLS, USL, and US soccer. So be sure to go to roughneckscarves.com and get some of their products. We hope you enjoyed the show.